so howdy everybody um <laughs> if you couldn't tell we're not in our usual um studio setting are we call yeah we're we're not at our best right now um you're not at your i'm doing fine yeah. you're not at your best right well the panther pod oh, cool. we don't have that crisp audio quality now, it's back to episode it's back to episode one already yeah it's throwback <laughs> thursday throwback uh, thursday or throwback tuesday it's tuesday, yeah, throwback tuesday. so uh, welcome in everyone my name's cole connor i'm owen spinnick and this is episode 16 16 of the panther pod All right, Ellen, going in through everything, we've got a pretty exciting slate uh, for bowl games. Honestly, the SEC is taking a whooping right now. We haven't won one yet. Granted, we've only played two, but Florida should have beat UCF. Come on. Hey, look, all, all I'm saying is you, you, what goes around comes around. You steal Oklahoma and Texas in the middle of the night. You do all this kind of shady crap. You know, all of a sudden you lose to not one, but two, as of right now, because we're recording on Tuesday, and Houston just beat Auburn. You just lost to two AAC teams. Yeah. How does that feel? It's not looking good for the old SEC this year. I'm just hoping that Alabama continues the trend and – doesn't win the Natty. Well, I hope they lose. I, hey, I look. I hope they lose to Cincinnati. That would make three AAC teams that y'all have lost to. Honestly, I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, if they lose, if Alabama loses, then that's okay. But like, yeah. Boy, let me just. <laughs> I think every. I think it is the entire country is rooting for Cincinnati minus the state of Alabama. Actually, reverse at half the state of Alabama because there are a few Auburn fans, you know. Yeah, quite a good bit. So, um, so all I'm saying is what goes around comes around. I'm very, very, very excited and very glad to see this happening. Um, but, but yeah, so I'm – I'm excited. Oh, and for those of you who don't know, we are recording on we were recording this via Zoom because Cole just had to go and get COVID. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'll do my best yeah. not to hawk up along in the middle of this yeah. podcast. <laughs> oh man. But anyway, getting into it. Um, Oregon, Oklahoma. Owen, what are your thoughts? Who's going to come out? This is the Alamo Bowl tomorrow at 9.15. Oregon is ranked 15th. Oklahoma is ranked 14th. You know, here's the thing. Oklahoma and Oregon are both in the same situation as their head coaches just have – not in the middle of the night. Now, Oklahoma, yes. Oregon, nah, I I guess you could say so. but both of these head coaches are gone. Half of these coaching staffs are gone. I mean, it's just that the slate has been almost wiped clean with both Oregon and Oklahoma. So in a sense, they're still working on the same playing field. Um, 
Bone uh, speaking of transfers, um Bo Nix Bo, to Oregon. Bo Nix transferred to Oregon. Does that mean he'll play? Uh I I doubt it. I doubt he plays. Um but yeah, or Oregon um with Mario Cristobal heading to Miami, Lincoln Riley heading to USC. Um but here's the upside with Oklahoma is you've lost Lincoln Riley, but you replaced Lincoln Riley with Bob Stoops. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't. Well, I mean, they both have very similar records. Oklahoma, honest, surprisingly, without Lincoln Riley, is the more consistent team um, because at least they still have possible future Heisman contender Caleb Williams. Um, and a lot mm-hmm. of eyes are going to be on him in this game for sure. I mean, he's had a heck of a season, 115 for 184, 1670, 18 tutties, and four interceptions. But so that's not saying a whole lot. That's a very respectable season. But you got to remember he's – And he started halfway through yeah, the he's year. he's only played half of the games. Or he's only, he's only been involved in half of the games. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Um, Oklahoma is favored, I believe. Yeah, seventy point seven to twenty nine point three, and the spread is dang fifty two. So very high scoring game. Dang. Uh, Owen, mm. you got one in. I think you got Oklahoma winning, unfortunately. But I, th- I think Oklahoma wins this one. You got Bob Stoops. You got Caleb Williams. Um, do what? That, that must hurt for you, the <laughs> Big 12 fan. It, it indeed it, – it indeed – it indeed does. Um, but uh, just looking at it, I think Oklahoma is the better team. Now, could Oregon – I mean, could they, could they be – could we be surprised again by – and be beating Oklahoma, and they've also beat Ohio State. Um, I just I th- I think as of right now, you've you've just got a much more stable situation at Oklahoma. They've had Brent Venables has been hired at Oklahoma. He he's been there before. Um, he knows the area, knows the program. You've got Bob Stutes coach and i mean come on and then you've got caleb williams now now i will say this caleb williams has been good but we saw what happened against the baylor game he did okay against um oklahoma state it's you know it, i'm not saying caleb williams is bad by any stretch of the imagination but there are there have been some major hiccups you know that have happened for oklahoma with him um coming in behind center i'd I'd say that caleb williams so consistent but i wouldn't say that he i I would say caleb williams isn't that clutch like he comes in in big moments and he really hasn't won any major games for oklahoma like anytime he's coming in usually the game's already out of hand well but i mean he came in he did he was solid against tcu uh, was all right against Kansas, but then you know had to make that amazing stretch on fourth down to beat Kansas. Oh, I'm um, not saying that he's not bad and capable of making big plays. I'm just saying that he really hasn't 
I'm trying to think of the best way to word this. Like he's been good, but he hasn't elevated his play to be a starter in college, if that makes sense. Like I, I don't think he has. Yeah, well, and he's a true freshman. He's a true freshman. Um oh yeah, and it so do what? It could come with time for sure. It, it could come to, with time. That may that may be all. It's just the fact that he, he's a young guy. This is his first time playing major college college football. Um, so maybe he'll just you know maybe next year um, it'll be a little bit better for him having half a year at least half a year starting under his belt. Um, I don't know if it's safe to say this already or not, but I I do think that um, I, I think he's staying at Oklahoma. I, I don't know if it's safe to say that or not, but I think he's staying at Oklahoma, and I think definitely, too, I think he's going to wait and see how the bowl game turns out and how Venables is going to do kind of right uh, in this transition period. Um, so it'll be of, interesting to see. Oh, God. What? God. Oh, I said it'll just be, it'll just be interesting to see um, kind of what happens there. I'm – I'm not for sure. Uh, you know, I'm just not for sure what's going to happen. I think he's the big question mark. You've answered a lot of question marks, but there's still one left, and that is Caleb Williams. Does he stay or or, or does he go? You know, um, I think a lot of if he's going to stay and remain a starter. Uh, will determine based on this bowl game, like how you're saying. I think that if he puts out great numbers in this bowl game, or e- even if Oklahoma wins the bowl game in spite of him, um, I think as long as Oklahoma wins this game, then I don't think they really have to worry about Caleb Williams looking for a future elsewhere. Now, what would be interesting is if Oklahoma gets beat uh, by Oregon and Anthony Brown, who is a senior this year. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting game, not necessarily for the score on the field, but what could happen outside of the field uh, if Oklahoma loses. So mm-hmm. I'm, I, for on that note, I am picking Oregon to win. Um, I just think that Anthony Brown is going to be – is going to want to show out in his last game and give the fans – kind of a preview of the team with a high athletic or a very athletically talented, if not inconsistent bow mix. So well and, and this is what you have on the flip side as well is Oklahoma, you've got a lot of young guys. Oregon, you also have a lot of maturity. You know, it's like a, you know, with a senior quarterback coming in who has played big time college football, and two going, you know, with the transition period, Dan Lanning from uh, Georgia is going to be the next head coach at Oregon. So, how is this going to fare with? How's that transition going to going to fare? You know, and with Bo Nix coming in, you know, got a couple of SEC guys going to the Pac-12. So, you know, it's just it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, can Oregon not fall flat on its face like it did against Utah, but instead show up like it did against Ohio State? Yeah, it, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, I don't think that Oregon is going to get embarrassed like how they – and let, let's be real, frankly, Utah embarrassed Oregon in that bowl game. Um, twice, not once, but twice. Yeah, twice, twice in the regular season and then in the championship game. I mean, just blew them out. Yeah. 
So it, it'll be interesting to see how Oregon bounces back. Um, do you have anything else you want to address? Um, no, not for this. Like I said, I think it'll be Oklahoma who wins this one. Um, I'm going Oregon just because I think I think that Brown is. I I don't think he's going to immediately, you know, launch an NFL career or anything like that out of this one game. But I think he's going to tear it up in his last game for Oregon. I just, I just, Bob Stoops, man. I mean, you couldn't better, you could not have picked a better replacement if you tried. Oh no, for for or a better interim, a better interim, I should say, not a better replacement, but a better interim. Um, so I just, I think for this one, Oklahoma. Okay, uh, moving on to Pitt and Michigan State. Uh, oh, and I know you're picking Pitt in this one. Come on now. And here's what here's what I'll say about this one. This is the Peach Bowl, so this is the New Year's Six Bowl. Pitt, Michigan State. Kenny, neither neither Heisman contender players are going to play in this bowl game. Neither Kenny Pickett or Kenneth Walker III are not playing in this bowl game. They have opt. They have chose to opt out of their bowl game, and I have a big issue with with. Players opting out. Lady Brown's opting out against the bowl game for West Virginia. I, I, I just have a major, major problem with this. I really don't. But you, you make your point now. Yeah. So here's here's why I have it is for Kenny Pickett for Michigan or for Kenny Pickett for Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker was a transfer. Kenny Pickett's been there for a while at Pitt. These guys have have been with this team for so long. You've spent not only game day with them and not only practices, but you spent probably classes with them, workouts, breakfast, lunch, dinner, literally almost your every breathing moment you have spent with these guys, you built a relationship with them. Like these, these guys are pretty much your family. Like they, they are your second family. Um, and you just say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm gonna get hurt. I'm gonna do what's best for me, and I'm gonna go do, and I'm gonna go take a break from this team that I've worked so long with, that I've carried on my back. To, you know what? I'm just gonna go do what I want to do. How is that fair as a coach who's been preaching, who's been preaching, this is a team sport, this is team effort, this is a team win, team loss, whatever. It's not just one person. I am so sick and tired of these players thinking they're entitled to just skip out on a team that they've that they've worked with. How is that fair to the team? How is that fair to the program? How is that fair to the coaches? How is that fair to the fans? You know, this it's not it, – it's for you, that's fine, but it's – it's one of the most selfish things I think you can do as a player. Uh, for example, I'll give a West Virginia example. Will Greer opted out to pl- opt- opted out of the bowl game. He was a Heisman contender. Opted out of the bowl game when we played Syracuse. We literally pulled that man out of the ashes at Florida because of all the trouble he was getting into. Gave him a shot. He played phenomenal at West Virginia those two years. And then he says, you know what? I've played enough. I'm going to let them. I'm. I'm just not going to travel with them to the bowl game. I'm not going to play the bowl game. I'm not going to give it one last hoorah. 
I just think it is the most selfish, selfish decisions a player can make that you're going to do what's best for me and only me and not what's for the good of the team. So, and as, and, and on the flip side too, as an NFL, as an NFL scout or as an NFL team, why in the world would you want that guy who says, you know what, I'm going to, my team has played so many games played. What have they played? Like, 12 or 13 games this year. Uh, I think Pitt has played 13. I know Michigan State, I think, only has like played 12 or 11. Um, and just said, you know what? I'm not I'm not going to play that game. I'm not going to – I've been so much with this team and I'm just not going to play. I don't want to play. I'm afraid I'm going to do something to me. As an NFL scout, I'm going to look at that and go, no, I'm trying to build a team here, not just one breakout player, okay? Like football is a team sport. One breakout player doesn't make the team great, you know? Like look at look at Megatron at Detroit. How awful was that team for so long? And you had Megatron on there, you know, who was probably uh, not probably is one of the best wide receivers ever in the NFL. You know. So here's my counter to that. Okay, so you have a situation where Kenny Pickett is ultimately he has played his last game for Pitt, and I know that Walker is sitting out for Michigan State as well. Um, but let's let's take Kenny Pickett, for example, right? Pitt and Michigan State's season is done, no matter what. A Peach Bowl win would be nice, but it's not going to give them a national championship victory or anything like that. So ultimately, what's going to be more valuable to the program? Saying, oh, hey, we won – the 2021 Peach Bowl against Michigan State, or saying, hey, you guys remember Kenny Pickett? Oh, how could I forget him? He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of a generation in the NFL. Or saying, oh, hey, you guys remember Kenny Pickett? Yeah, he elected to play in the Peach Bowl and got hurt. It's like there's a difference between if your program is competing for something and saying, you know, hey, I'm going to stick it out with you guys. We're going to – I know this is my last year. I want to go to the NFL but I want to bring this program success. Now, he already brought that program success by winning the ACC championship. Like, there's a difference between saying, hey, you know, our program hasn't won a championship. Ah, You know, we're we're in this bowl matchup. Like, basically what Max Johnson did for LSU and then the transfer portal and said, hey, you know, it's been real, it's been fun, and it's been real fun to see you guys. there's a difference if you have already brought your program success or greater success on a long-term picture by winning a, a conference national, however you want to break it down, championship, or saying, hey, you know, I competed in the Peach Bowl. We won it. It doesn't really matter in the long term. It's like I get it wanting to have one last hurrah, but at the same time, you got you to gotta understand team priorities at that point. It's like, okay, pick it sitting out. Now we get to see what Nick Patty can do. And uh, Hardas, what's the coach's name at Pitt? Why am I asking you this? You don't know. <laughs> you don't pay attention to them. I should. Um, I don't pay attention. No, I don't. I'm pulling, I'm pulling it up. But it, there's a difference between saying, okay, you know. Not I'm, Dursley. 
Pat and Dursey. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I think it ultimately takes away from the excitement of the overall bowl game when you have all these starters coming out. But I it does because that's who I wanted to see. That's who that's who you want to see match up against each other, you know. But I don't think the program hurts all that bad because the fans can always just not buy a ticket if they don't want to go to the game. Like saying, hey, you know, this guy, he did this program a lot. He deserves every single right to succeed in the NFL. Maybe the best course of action is to sit out this game and say, hey, you know, I would rather not put my body on the line and for one game and just say, you know, I'm going to reserve myself for the NFL draft. And I, I can't get angry at Kenny Pickett for his decision here. Now, in other cases where it's a – I'm trying to think of a good one. Uh, like a Justin Jefferson or a Leonard Fournette for LSU, mm-hmm. where Justin Jefferson sat out all last season and just said, yeah. hey, you know, I'm just preparing myself for the NFL. I'm going to sit out of this season. Granted, there were some other factors into that because COVID won – he didn't want to endanger his family by going to all those different games. And then two, you know, he was poised to make a, for lack of a better word, crap ton of money. It's like there's a difference in those scenarios, and especially with Leonard Fournette sitting out most of our half of the season one year and most of the season in the next after basically being the only kind of offense that LSU had. So there's there's I think there's a there's a difference that you've got to take a look and say, hey, you know, Kenny Pickett and uh Walker have both brought their programs glory in the past. Whereas, you know, Leonard Fournette, Justin Jefferson, great guys in the NFL, they did great while they were at LSU. And then they both decided to sit out basically a full season. So you gotta appreciate the games that they're in. But I don't think Kenny Pickett's overall legacy is going to be impacted by sitting out a bowl game. And I don't think the NFL is going to detract anything from that either. And that's just well, no, they're not because they've 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 shown that they're not with several different guys. But 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 then here's what I say: if you're just going to sit out, then what's the point of playing all these bowl? What's the point of having all these bowl games that all these guys are going to sit out? You know, what's the point of having all these bowl games that these guys are going to sit out just because it doesn't have national implications? I don't care if it has national implications. Your team has worked hard to get those six wins, at least six wins, to get to a bowl game. Don't just opt out because you're like, you know what, I'm done with this team. And, if and two, if I'm the school, and maybe this is just me, and like I've said before, I've, I feel like sometimes these these college athletes, Division One college athletes can be – entitled because not only are they getting free literal free tuition and nil deals if you're gonna you know as as the school or as at the athletic department they could say okay you can if you want to opt out of the bowl game you can opt out of the bowl game but once you get to the nfl i expect that tuition money come rolling in we're going to take away your scholarship you know like that that to me i'm i'm just irritated of the selfishness of these college players thinking, you know what? I got a free ride here. I've played so many games with them. The season didn't go how I wanted it to go. Um, not every team's going to get to go to play for a national title. Not every team's going to get to play for a national title. Me and you both are experiencing this now, you know. Yeah. 
but the fact that you're going to opt out and for somebody like here's saying i love letty brown letty brown did great things for west virginia he'll go down as one of the all-time greats in uh west virginia running back history but you're going to opt out of a team who just went six and six knowing you're going to be a fourth fifth set sixth or seventh round draft pick fourth at highest and you're going to opt out of this bowl game no no and in my in same thing for Will Greer. Will Greer was projected to be round one, kind of early, mid-round, like somewhere in mid-round, round one. Where'd he end up? He's now sitting third or fourth string on the Dallas Cowboys uh, after getting zero starting time with the Carolina Panthers as the 100th overall draft pick in the third round in, in the, for the NFL. So opting out of your bowl game, I would say, hurts your stock more than anything because, number one, you don't get those stats anymore, and you don't get that extra little bit of playing time in the postseason. To prepare, you know, I feel like playing time in the postseason prepares or in bowl season prepares you. Um, it just it gives you more reps than you know, maybe an individual workout. But I just I stand by my statement. I completely understand. I can see your there is a difference between somebody sitting out in a bowl game and like the injury part I get because it's like if you think about Tua, like if Tua had hurt his hip. Um, he did hurt his hip when he played yeah, uh, he in, the, hip, uh, in the semifinals in the or something. No, he was in the national championship game. He hurt his hip before halftime. See, so so like the entry part I get, well, but at the same time, if you're an NFL scout and you're going to say, I'm not going to draft this guy because he's hurt, but he has he has two, three, four, five seasons, or five, you know, possibly five seasons, um, five seasons of – uh, stats, uh, game footage, things like that, like all of that stuff, and you're not going to draft him because he's hurt, then that's just plain stupid. He gets hurt during the bowl game. Still draft him anyways. He's going to get better, and he will bounce back. As long as it's not a career-ending injury. like a, and- As long as it's not a career – I know. But I, I, I still just think – I fully understand your point, Owen, and I respect it. But at the same time, I don't think you can get mad at the individual players for, one, getting their team to that position, no matter what the role is, they touch the field. Um, they got their team to those that 6-1 threshold to be bowl eligible and then making the decision to benefit themselves, honestly, and taking a step back in the situation saying, hey, you know, I got this team here. In, in uh offensive or defensive in offensive or defensive eye or mindset saying hey you know I got this team here by my contribution here's what I did all season long and then being able to take a step back and say you know I'm projected to go to the NFL I can make a lot of money and save my family from what they're doing right now and saying hey you know I'm gonna take a step back here I'm gonna set out of this bowl game to prepare myself for the NFL and whatever way that could be. And you, so and you know, I, I know there is nothing that I'm going to say to get you to agree with me on this. And that is absolutely fine. I respect your stance 100%, but I don't think you can get mad at guys like Walker and Pickett who are making this decision to try and help out their families by basically submitting themselves for the NFL draft. But here's the thing too. That was always the excuse of, hey, I'm going to try to help out my family by going to the NFL and get that draft. That was before NIL now. You know, there are kids making thousands, millions of dollars now 
for NIL money. And think about this, too. Before NIL, let's be honest, there definitely were players getting paid under the table oh, yeah, from colleges. Sure. And they're still getting free – like, they're still going tuition-free at their universities. So how much of it are you really helping out your family and how much of it is I'm just trying to get the next level? I, I like I understand you want to get to the next level, but at the same time, finish what you started. Don't don't just bail out because you you want to do what's best for you. That's selfish. That's not what football has taught you all these years. It's just not right. But but and, I, and to your point, it's selfish. But look at what coaches are doing and look what Brian Kelly's doing. Look what Lincoln Riley did. Look at what all what's, look what Dan Lanning did. Look what Mario Cristobal did. Um, Billy, I would say Billy Napier, but he finished out. Uh, no, actually, he didn't finish out the season. He finished out. He won the conference title, but he's not. He didn't go to the bowl game. Um, so you you look at these grown men who are who are supposed to be coaching these young guys and these athletes on those teams, telling them how much team team effort is important, how they're a team, you compete as a team. And then you say, hey, by the way, I'm going to take this much money at another school. So can you you get mad at the player or can you get – who do you get mad at? Because you're seeing this with coaches now too. And and it's ridiculous to me on a little NFL note here is the adults have more rules than the kids do. You know, there's a no tampering period, a non tampering period when it comes to coaches. Like you can't talk to coaches during a certain time. There's a free agency period. There's different things like that. Or it's college football. It's just a free for all. It's it's pretty much the wild west. You know, so while I am mad at the players, you can also say, well, look at the coaches as well. Like the grown men are doing it as well. So, but I hear you. Um, there's nothing I'm going to say to get you to come off the high horse, but. I know, yeah, no, I know, I know. But this is the way I've always felt. This is the way I've always felt. It's just like don't don't give up on your team, man. Don't do it. Just don't do it, you know. And last point I'll make here, and if if you want to rebuke me by all means, but I don't think guys like Pickett and Walker are giving up on their teams. I think that they're making a good decision for themselves by doing what they believe is right. And ultimately, nothing that the fans or the coaching staff is going to make them change their mind. I wish there was. Yeah. Oh, I think and I think NIL could help with that. I'm not for sure, but I wonder if that could ever play into effect. I've, NIL has put it. There would have to be. There would have to be some kind of caveat in their contracts that say, "Hey, we need you to post these kind of stats in the bowl game to qualify for like a bonus incentive or something like that." And I think, or if I'm if if they want to give them these sponsorship deals, like, "Hey, I'll sponsor you, but you got to play in the bowl game." Like, I'll give you X amount of money, but you got to play in the bowl game. You know? Yeah. So, but then, it, but then that that gets into a whole. That's it's too too much business and not enough football. You know, and that's. But now that we're off the rant of um, players opting out, I just want to get to that. Um, This one, I mean, there are other players that are opting out as well. Um, Like we talked about later, players opting out. Players are. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But you know, this was just the big one of like two Heisman candidates have decided not to opt out. So the Peach Bowl, which was really exciting to see how. Kenny Pickett and Kenneth Walker were going we're gonna to match up against each other. Now it's just going to be like, uh, it's the Peach Bowl with Pitt and Michigan State. So I still we'll see what happens. An exciting game though. Oh yeah, no, it can still be an exciting game. Um, Pitt. So speaking, you know, 
Pitt, Michigan State. Um, Kenny Pickett's not playing for Pitt. For Pitt, uh, and Kenneth Walker the third is not playing for Michigan State. Um, I think Michigan has beat uh, Michigan State has beat Michigan. Yes, they lost to Ohio State and they lost to Purdue, but they've also beat they've also beaten. Um, I think they've beaten Iowa. I'm pretty sure they've beaten Iowa. Um, and they've beaten some quality, some quality, quality talent or some quality teams in the Big Ten. Pitt, who did they? I mean, they beat a good Virginia team. They beat Virginia Tech. Um, they beat uh, – and then they beat Wake Forest, which is a good Wake Forest team. Other than that, I mean, who who in the SEC was that good – or not in the SEC. Who in the ACC – was that it was just that much better, you know? Like looking looking at it, like the ACC was not great this year. This is a massive down year, whereas the Big Ten stayed strong. And I just think that um, I just think having the Big Ten do what? Just to summarize everything. Yeah. In other words, I'm going Michigan State. Yeah, I figured the dude wearing all West Virginia gear. Going for Pitt, yeah, I, I could have seen that. Um, no, I'm going Pitt. I think that I think that the Pitt team overall has shown dominance uh, over a majority of their schedule. And granted, they did lose to Western Michigan, and they lost to who else did they lose? Who else did they lose to? They lost to Western Michigan and Miami, but exactly, both, exactly. In both of those games, they only lost by three. Every other game that they played, they won by ten, except UNC, and they won in overtime, thirty twenty-three. I think that Pitt is too good of a program, even if. Kenny Pickett is not playing for him. I think that the backup is going to come in. He's going to do a good job. And he's going to preview what Pitt has to look forward to in the future. But think about this, too. You know, Pitt is getting the USC transfer from uh, – he's getting the guy from USC, the quarterback from USC. I still think that they're going to win. I think that Pitt's going to win. Uh, I'm not going to give a score prediction – uh, let's see here. The spread is 2.5, and the over-under is 56. Pitt is favored. Yeah, yeah, Pitt's favored. But I still think – I still think – I still think Michigan State is going to be able to get – give them uh, – Oh, and I think so, too. I think to... it's going to be a heck of a game, but I think Pitt's coming out on top. All right, moving on. Like I said, I think it's going to be Michigan State. Um, this one I'm excited to see um, how this plays out. Oklahoma State versus Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting because, let's be real, Notre Dame doesn't play a whole lot of teams to give them a like power scale, if, that's, if, if we're being – and I think that's fair to say. Um, they did lose to Cincinnati, but yeah, this is probably going to be the best game of Notre Dame's season. 
Um, Notre Dame is barely favored in this one, uh, two and a half as well, uh, and the over-under is 45. So what, what can we expect from this 11-1 Notre Dame team? Um, I will say, before you get into anything, did you see what the Notre Dame quarterback did for his offensive line? I did not. No, sorry. The Michigan quarterback, uh, McNamara. Did you see what McNamara did for his offensive line? I did not. Did not. All of his offensive linemen, custom Carhartt jackets with their numbers in the Michigan blue and gold. Well, he's not getting sacked this weekend. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, I thought I thought it was Notre Dame. I apologize on that. No, it, it was McNamara. Um, well, I, I, he, he may get one. He may get one or two sacks, but if that, if that, I mean, absolutely. Um, I think that Notre Dame is overrated. Honestly, I think they always have been. I think they always will be. They are eleven and one. It'll be interesting to see how their new head coach um, coaches in his first game out and if this program is going to start off on a good foot or if it's going to kind of give you a preview of everything. Um, well, and here, here's the here's thing, too, with Notre Dame. They hire Marcus Freeman, who, like you said, is the new head coach. Um the guys like him. I mean, Notre Dame, like those guys were pumped that he was the hire. And me and, dad, and me and my dad were talking about it too. Like, we don't like Notre Dame, but we like that hire at hiring somebody within. Sometimes it makes more sense to hire somebody from within than to hire somebody from the outside. And in Notre Dame's case, I think they made the right decision in hiring Marcus Freeman. Young guy, he's um, 35, I think. Yeah, very super young. About, very excited about the program too. You can tell exactly lives and yep lives and breathes Notre Dame. Um, so I think you know hit for him. That's that, that was a great fit. And Notre Dame's the only one of the few, if not the only, um, uh, teams that will have their head coach on the field coaching the actual game. And in Notre Dame's case, it's because he is a hire from within, you know, so. Yeah. Um, I think they're still going to run Brian Kelly's system, which doesn't surprise me. It, it, it's a good system. It got them to 11 wins. Um, well, let's be honest here. I mean, he's part of Brian Kelly's staff. So, like, his yeah. system is Brian Kelly's system. So, like, what what is going to change at Notre Dame, you know? Not, I don't see much changing. I don't see a big, dramatic, oh, Notre Dame's going to start running a triple option and uh, 3-4 defense. Um, but I, I could see Marcus Freeman putting his own spin on it because you have to. Ultimately, like, there's going to yeah. be stuff you don't like about the program. Uh, what I am curious about is if Spencer Sanders is going to perform in this game. He's going to kind of shake off the arguably rough season he's had. Yeah. I just saw his stats for the, like the season recap stats, 16 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. That is yeah, he, terrible. Yeah. No, he, he is not what he's not a good quarterback. Him and Dakey oh. are on the same, like Oklahoma state is having the same issues that we are having with Jarrett Dakey is he like 
16 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Like that's 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 Jared Deggy just about. Yeah. It's like um, he's solid with I mean close to 2500 uh passing yards. But you can really see how Warren their running back has carried this team because he's posted for well over a thousand yards and eleven touchdowns. So yeah, uh, Notre Dame is favored by two and a half, fifty one point nine versus forty eight point one. I think this is about as close to an even split game as you can get in the bowl. This one's going to be very even, evenly split. Uh, it's number five Notre Dame versus number nine Oak State. Uh, oh, and who you got? Yeah, I'm having a hard time. I'm going back and forth in my head. Um, Nobody's – Notre Dame is not as unstable as most teams. They still – like it's – they're not dealing with much change. Oklahoma State is dealing with zero change. They don't have anything going on. Mike Gundy's still there. Um that Oklahoma defense is just – that Oklahoma State defense is what has kept them in games. And, you know, I just – Notre Dame's got some issues. Like, But like you said, like the, the issue I have is like I feel like Notre Dame is more of a complete – Team and the fact that they're not lopsided between defense and offense, whereas Oklahoma State has, I wouldn't say a, a, a terrible offense, but they're an okay to pretty to kind of a poor offense. But they're defense, but they're so defense heavy. Yeah, average offense. Yeah, average. Um, but their defense is so good that is that. I just I don't know, <laughs> you know I don't I don't know how how is Oklahoma State's defense gonna fa- are they gonna show up like they did the whole time you know like if they they're gonna show up like they did during the season if if they can show up like they did during the season I think Oklahoma State can get the win. Is that your final for point? that re? Is that for that reason? Oh, I, oh, this this is really hard. Uh, but I think I'm gonna go Oak State. I think I'm gonna go Oklahoma or Notre. I don't want to go Notre Dame. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I'm going back and forth. Um, do I want to go Notre Dame or do I want to go Oklahoma State? Um, oh gosh. Uh, I think I'm gonna go Oklahoma State with Mike Gundy in that defense. Okay. Uh, I'm going Notre Dame. I think that Notre Dame is going to start Marcus Freeman's tenure off on a good foot. Um, I think that Jack Cohn is going to light up Oak State's defense. Um, I I just think there's so many, not necessarily inconsistencies on Oak State's part uh, on that side of the ball, but I think Mm -hmm. Spencer Sanders ultimately is going to shoot this team in the foot. Yeah, and that's that's in this bowl game because I think Notre Dame's defense, while not as elite as uh, Oak State's, I think that they're still a very solid program uh, yeah. on sides of the ball. And I think Marcus Freeman is going to hype up his players, and I think that's going to be a big factor into it. 
I think yeah, this is I just be, I think this is going to be Notre Dame basically telling Brian Kelly, hey, you know, it's okay. You left us. You left a great program here. Um, screw you. We're going to win this game. Yeah. Yep. So I, this one I'm having a hard – it's going to be a good game to watch, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean um, – But this one I had a very hard time picking who to win. Oh, any of the New Year's Six Bowls this year are going to be great. Yeah. Uh, next year, New Year's Six, Utah versus Ohio State. Uh, I'm going Ohio State all the way. Like, there's I'm going there to is no debate for me in this one. Ohio State's winning this ballgame. Like, you can tell I'm going to exactly, say. Hey. You can tell me anything you want to tell me about Utah. Ohio State's winning this game. I'm going to say you, Ohio State loses to another Pac-12 team. Oh. I say Ohio State loses to another Pac-12 team. You embarrass Oregon like that. And look, here's the thing. Utah, their only two losses, only two, were to a good BYU team who, by the way, what an upset, lost to UAB. Um, and then a good San Diego State team lost to San Diego State in three overtimes. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm. I think Utah. I think Utah can get the win over Ohio State. It's not that I think Ohio State's overrated. I don't think they're overrated. They're a good team, but they lost to Oregon. And we played this game all year, Cole. They lost to Oregon. Well, Utah beat Oregon twice. So, technically, Utah's better than Ohio State, you know. So, I I think think Ohio State loses to another Pac-12 team. I think Utah. They don't blow the brakes off, but I think Utah, Utah, Utah beats Ohio State. Um, yeah, no, I, I think CJ Stroud is absolutely going to light it up for Ohio State. And Ohio State is always one of those programs that, you know, you hate to like you hate to hear the fans and that stupid OH chant. Um, OH. Yeah, I'm not going to finish that. No, um, no. But. I, I just think Ohio State's too good. I think that they execute way – they are going to overpower Utah. In my- well, and, and here's the thing, too. I made this I made this case for Michigan State is Michigan State plays that Big Ten schedule and Pitt plays that ACC schedule. Same thing with Utah. They play that Pac-12 schedule. They don't play no Big Ten schedule. Ohio State has – they beat Michigan State. They lost to Michigan. They've uh, – I think they, they've they uh, beat Iowa. They have – I think they beat Iowa. I'm not for sure. Iowa's messing with me. They're throwing a wrench in my uh, guesses here. Um, yeah, on, man. Uh, I know. Only losses that – uh, Utah has are to BYU, San Diego State, and Arizona State. The only losses that Michigan, Ohio has, Ohio State, or Ohio State is Oregon and Michigan. So mm-hmm. we'll see. It's going to be, and they got blown out by Michigan. 
Yeah, no, they did. Um, so it and only lost by a touchdown to to Oregon. Yeah, it'll be an interesting game. Uh, spread is four and a half. Ohio State is favored, and the over under is sixty four. Oh goodness! Yeah. Um. No, I, I think Utah. I think Utah. Utah gets the better of Ohio State. Yeah, we'll agree to. But like you said, Utah has not faced. They faced a good BYU team. Um, and and they faced a uh, who else? You said it was BYU, Arizona. Said they faced a good San Diego State team, which they lost to after three overtimes. Yeah. Um, but just absolutely handled Oregon, who was in that, who was who was in the national spotlight twice, not once, but twice. Um. But yeah, no, I think I think Utah definitely gets the better better of Ohio State. This one, the Sugar Bowl, um, Baylor versus Ole Miss. This I think is going. I, I Baylor versus Ole Miss. I've I would say this is the best. This is the better of the New Year's Six. This is on the higher end of the New Year's Six Bowl. You know, Dave Aranda, Lane Kiffin. I, I just. Offense, the offensively minded powerhouse um, score boat race, uh, Lane Kiffin versus quiet Dave Aranda, who just snipe you out of nowhere, you know, who just come out of nowhere. Um, Cole, I think I know who you're going to go with, um, but I, I, I'll say, I'll I say it here. you on my pick here. Ooh, okay. So maybe not then. Maybe not. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Baylor gets the win because I think over, they they haven't lost as much, um, or they haven't lost as much, meaning they haven't lost staff wise, um, haven't lost uh, much any much staff. Where uh, Ole Miss just lost their offensive coordinator to Oklahoma, you know, so. Um, I just I think Baylor is out to prove themselves and to say, hey, we're, we are the Big 12. We are the new Big 12. I'm at the top. It's no longer Oklahoma. It's me. I am Baylor. I <laughs> We are Baylor. <laughs> we um, are Marshall. <laughs> but um, I, I think I think Dave Aranda leads Baylor to Ole Miss. Uh, leads Baylor over Ole Miss. Um. Owen, I'm gonna agree with you. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were gonna pick Baylor. I knew you were gonna pick Baylor because you love Dave Aranda so much. Of course, I, I knew, do. I knew you. I knew you couldn't. I knew you could not pick against Dave Aranda. I knew. I, well, I knew it. And here's the thing: I'm glad, too, you I'm glad you did not surprise me. Matt Corral, look, he's great, but I think Bohannon's better. I truly do. I think, I think Bohannon's – but remember, <laughs> Bohannon is just now coming off the injury list, they, you yeah. know, with the after hamstring injury. But he's had over – like he's had almost a little over three weeks to heal. Yeah, he's rest had up. a little over three weeks to heal. Plus, I still think – I mean, Bohannon's thrown for right at 2,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, six interceptions. Okay, you take those – how many games did he miss? Four? No, he missed. He only missed one, and that was um, 
Who, Matt Crow or uh, or uh, Gary Bohannon? Uh, Bohannon. Okay, yeah. Bohannon only missed one, and that was the Big 12 championship game, and they still won. I think that Matt Corral is easily one of – I think he is a heck of a quarterback, much better than anything. Heisman but, contender. He was a Heisman contender oh, yeah. this year. No, credit to him. But I think that Bohannon is too good of a pocket passer, and I think the receiving core is there. Regardless if Bohannon has to sit the rest of the game out with, uh, like, rushing back from injury, anything like that, if he has to, then I think that that Baylor offense is too high-powered for Ole Miss to beat. I, I don't think Ole Miss's defense will show up. I here's the thing with Bohannon. It, well, if you're in a if you're a Baylor fan here, you don't have much to worry about. You're glad Gary, but you would much rather have Gary Bohannon just because it's Gary Bohannon. Yeah, and he's played great all season. He's played well all season. He's um, he's solid. He he's a fan favorite. People love Gary. I love them some Gary Bohannon. Um, but if you're a Baylor fan, I wouldn't be nervous if if Gary Bohannon can't come back. You saw what your backup did in. Uh, in the Big 12 t- championship game. That was a high-stakes championship game, and oh, yeah. he still pulled through, you know. So if I'm a Baylor fan, no matter which quarterback is coming in, I think I would be comfortable with that. Would I rather see Gary Bohannon uh, stand, under, uh, stand under center? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I would be – I don't think you need I, to, though. That's the I don't think you need to in order to win the game. No, I don't think you need to in order to win the game. And that Baylor defense will shut you out, too. So, I think I think Baylor is the more well-rounded team. You always hear of Ole Miss's offense, don't hear much of their defense, you know. And I think Baylor is just the more well-rounded, more of the complete team with Dave Aranda and that crew. All right, Owen. We come down to our final two games here, both semifinals <laughs> games. Uh, one is a matchup between the number one team and the should-be number one team in the nation. And mm-hmm. Other is a matchup, obviously, between two and three. Which one would you like to cover first? Um, let's do two and three first, and then we'll cover we'll cover number one and number four. Uh, so number one. Actually, actually, let's just go ahead. Do, yeah, let's just go ahead and do number one, number one. Um, <laughs> uh, Cincinnati and Alabama. They, I'm not. They I, I do not. I know. No, I know. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. This is going to be nothing but pure Bama hatred from my end. Um, and this, the sad part is, is I, there's not really a whole lot that I can hate on Alabama for. It's like, they are a very well-rounded team. Their defense is solid and their offense is good. They have the Heisman winning quarterback under center, but Cincinnati is a giant killer. They knocked off Notre Dame. They have fought tooth and claw into the playoffs, and here they are. I think this is Cincinnati's game to lose, honestly. No media outlet, no ESPN stat score, nothing like that is going to cover that. But honestly, Cincinnati is should be the favored team in this matchup. Absolutely. Um, Alabama is Alabama. They got into this matchup. They got the number one seed. I don't think that the college football committee did them any favors by scheduling them against Cincinnati here. 
Um, I will say this: Cincinnati's thirteen and zero. Alabama's twelve and one. It's at the Cotton Bowl, so there's not going to be a whole lot of Cincinnati fans there. Yeah. However, and it's basically home field for Alabama. Alabama is favored 71.2%. The spread is 13 and a half. The over-under is 57. And that that is just purely Alabama brand right there. Oh, yeah. To take a page out of Dwayne The Rock Johnson's book, however, it doesn't matter. Matter. No. It does not it matter. It doesn't matter. I think. I think that Ritter is going to light up the Alabama defense. I think that Ford is going to rush all over them. I think that Young is going to throw eight picks, and I think that Nick Saban is going to have a heart attack on the field and die. Oh, and I'm taking Cincinnati. You're terrible. You're a terrible person. Look, You're a I hate terrible him. person. I hate him. I, hate I know you do. I know. I know you. If I could delete one program off of the face of the world, it would be Alabama. I'm. I am not going to ever say, like it. It hurt me to say what I what good I said about Alabama, but I that I I agree with you. If I could delete one program off the face of the earth, it would be Alabama. I genuinely despise Alabama, and I'm here. I am as a West Virginia fan. But, like, I'm tired of Alabama this, Alabama that, Alabama, 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 Alabama. Like, I'm just tired of it. I would not delete any of my rivals because I enjoy playing my rivals and I enjoy when I beat them, you know. But Alabama is just a whole new thing of just I'm tired of hearing about them. I never want to see them in existence again, and I just want to be done with it, you know. Like, I'm just tired of hearing Alabama, 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 Alabama. I'm tired of Alabama, you know. It almost makes me hate the state of Alabama, okay? Like, it's just <laughs> – like, I don't even – like, if I have to get – if I have to go to, like, the panhandle of Florida, shoot, I'll go through Georgia, I'll go through Mississippi, but I am not traveling through Alabama to get there. I'll Lord, drive you know, like four hours out of my way to not cross into that state. Yeah, and I just – I – Genuinely, just I agree with you. Alabama, Alabama is the more. I'm not gonna say complete. Yeah. No. Yeah. What? Think though, Alabama, as good as they are, I think they're cocky. And I think they expect to already be in the national championship. And I think that it will be their mindset walking in. There is no way. I know Nick Saban will say all he wants to. And he probably will be the only one that will um, – he'll probably be the only one that doesn't us underestimate Cincinnati. However, all those players, sometimes probably half that coaching staff, underestimate Cincinnati and they're going to walk in there going, this is a cakewalk and Cincinnati's going to catch them by the, by the neck and they won't know what hit them. Absolutely. I agree with you. And by the time they realize what's going on, it's too little, too late. Cincinnati's going to go to the Natty. I'm picking Cincinnati 
I know any person with any logical sense would probably pick Alabama, but let's be honest here. Do you want to pick Alabama? No. I'm picking Cincinnati because I want to see Cincinnati in the champion in the national championship game, whether it be against Georgia or Michigan. I want to see that. I don't want to see Alabama there. You know, I don't want to see that. They've had their run. They've had, you know, like, but the issue is, is if they, yes, they've had their run, but who's going to beat them? LSU's beat them and Clemson's beat them. Who else? Nobody, you know, like, it's just not. Ohio Ohio State beat them right when the playoffs started, um, when the whole playoff era started. But I'm picking Cincinnati because I want to see Cincinnati win, and I want to see Alabama fans cry. Okay. Well, <laughs> I here's, want. Here's the one thing that I will say. I feel like anyone who watches college football wants to see that matchup between Cincinnati, Georgia, or Michigan. Anyone mm-hmm. who wants or is an Alabama fan or just kind of watches Alabama football or is a college like a casual college football fan doesn't want to see or wants to see Alabama, Georgia, or Michigan. Because let's be real, I don't want to watch a repeat of the SEC championship game between Alabama. No, I don't I don't want that either. It's like we've already seen that this year. I want to see Cincinnati, Michigan or Alabama, Michigan. Or Cincinnati and Georgia. Yeah. However, I will say I will say though I don't want to see Georgia in that in the national championship game. Um they're I don't getting just I, as bad as Alabama is. They are because that's it's they're and for them it's not only the Georgia brand it's the Georgia plus SEC, um, and, and that's what's that is what's got them into playoff. Are they a great team? Do I think they're capable of winning a national title? Absolutely, but they did not win their conference championship. They should not be in the top four. It should have been either no. It, it should have been Notre Dame. And look, I, I I think Cincinnati is Cincinnati is Cincinnati. They they are not underestimating Alabama. They are taking this extremely serious. They are preparing like nobody's business. I um I am sure, and I think Alabama just thinks it's going to be a cakewalk, and that they think it's Cincinnati. They think AAC. No big deal. It'll be all right. We'll cream right over them, head into the natty. If the Cotton Bowl's pretty much ours, we'll be okay. I don't think that's going to happen. I think because of the cockiness, and I think because Alabama is Alabama, and they think they can just cream everybody, and they play that weird schedule of cupcake in the middle of November, um, I think that Cincinnati's going to get that. I think Cincinnati's the win because they're going to be prepared. They know exactly that they will know. They will know Alabama inside and out by the time they get to the Cotton Bowl. Oh, yeah, for sure. I agree with you 100%. I think Alabama is just going to – now, I'm going to say that Saban is going to curb that as much as he possibly can and say, hey – Saban is- does not underestimate anybody. Now, yeah. ha- has he before? I think so. I mean, I, th- I feel like it's human nature. But I think Saban – I think Saban's about the only one or at least very one of the very few on that – in that program who is not underestimate who is not underestimating Cincinnati. Yeah, I think that Cincinnati is in a perfect spot to 
truly upset Alabama. And I honestly don't think it is an upset because Cincinnati, while they won the AAC Conference Championship uh, and they're undefeated, I think that Cincinnati truly is the better program than Alabama. Alabama, the only and thing I think they have too- to hang their hat on is their SEC Championship win over a previously undefeated Georgia. And I think, too, um, with the AAC, especially this year, they have, as the AAC, they have made a good case for being a Power Five conference. Oh, yeah. In in football, anyways. Um, but, I mean, you beat two – you've beaten two SEC teams – Houston beat Auburn today, and then UCF beat Florida. So I just – I think the AAC is much more competitive than what people think. However, however, I, I will say there are teams in there that have, have – like they're, they're just as much a group of five as in, as Conference USA. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, but can't that be said for any – Power Five yeah. Conference, like I mean, look at the, the a- look at the ACC with uh, Rutgers. You can make the exact same case with um, like Kansas. Most years, you can make the same case with Vandy, uh, Purdue. Most years, it there's so many different schools that you can make the case. Rutgers, look at Rutgers. You know, <laughs> yeah, you there's so many different schools that you can say Rutgers or should uh, drop down into Group of Five. But oh yeah, I mean that's that's any school. or Georgia Tech with the ACC, you know. Yeah, look at LSU this year. <laughs> but you know, it, it, the only difference between, and I think I've said this on here before, but the only difference between Power Five and Group of Five is who is who ESPN deems relevant to watch. Oh yeah. I'll if ESPN that. said, "Hey, Conference USA is much watch." Must watch football. Conference USA is going to automatically be presumed as a is an elite conference. You know. Yeah, I mean it is what it is. Ultimately, um, I I still think that Cincinnati is just going to beat the brakes off of Alabama, and I am here for it. I think that Alabama's reign is over. I will beat the brakes off Alabama, but I do think they'll be able to beat Alabama. Yeah. Well. I don't think you can ever beat the brakes off of Alabama, no matter the opponent. I, I, I just – the fan in me is overruling the, like, analytical football nerd side of me. And yeah. Cincinnati's going to beat the brakes off of Alabama. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Cincinnati's, uh. Cincinnati's winning 70 to nothing. I don't care. Ritter's dropping a thousand. <laughs> Ritter's dropping a thousand yards in one game. No, it throws ten like throws ten one hundred yard passes. Just you know, yeah, you know. absolutely. It like he's backed up on his one yard line, chucking the ball sixty yards down the field to anyone. And they're just carrying the ball the rest of the way. Oh, or not even that. His receivers just. Ducks it off to a, like a little three yard pass and receiver just you know. yeah exactly. So um, that brings us to our final game. Um, 
well, the final game that we have picked, not the games that we're playing, Georgia-Michigan. Yeah. This is a tale of two and three. Um, whoever wins this game is going to face the winner of the Cincinnati-Alabama game, which is going to be Cincinnati in the national championship. Um, Owen, I think that McNamara, while I watched him in the Ohio State game and in the Big Ten championship game, I thought that Michigan was winning in spite of McNamara. That being said, I think that Michigan is better than Georgia. I really do. I think that Georgia got exposed in the SEC championship game by Bryce Young. I think that Bryce Young and McNamara are very similar in their QB styles where they're both very good pocket passers who can make an athletic play here and there. Um, but I think the Michigan is just a little bit more consistent than Georgia is. And I think that ferocious Georgia defense that we've been seeing all year isn't going to lay a finger on McNamara. And even if they do, I think he's going to bounce right back up and throw for another 100 yards. I'm going to have to agree and say Michigan, I think, is the better team. And this goes what we said uh, for Michigan versus Ohio State is I just think Michigan is the much more gritty, grittier team. Yeah, they I think it's that. very gritty. Oh, oh, what? Go ahead. No, no, what'd you say? I. Uh, they play that Big Ten style, run the ball down your mouth. But if that doesn't work, we'll throw it in the pocket and make something happen. Exactly. I, I think Michigan is much more gritty than Georgia. Georgia has a quarterback issue of who they're going to put in. You know, it, it, and like you said, they're, they're going to they, they got exposed against Alabama. The guy I thought Georgia would run the table with Alabama. Instead, Alabama ran the table with Georgia. So I I think oh goodness. Excuse me. Um I think that I, I think Michigan comes out because they're so much grittier than Georgia and I think they do that running the football. I don't think that's my dog. Um I don't think that they. Uh, I don't. I don't think they pass. I mean, they pass. They'll definitely pass it more than Army and Navy, um, but uh, it, it'll. I think Michigan's just going to run the football and just wear that Georgia defense out. I. I think. I th- Michigan in their grit and and Harbaugh. Um, I just Michigan's playing with a chip on their shoulder, and I think I think they're gonna they're gonna beat Georgia, and I think it'll be a Cincinnati, Michigan um, matchup. Um, but I also could see a Cincinnati Georgia matchup matchup. So yeah, uh, we'll see. It's definitely it's gonna be interesting on any of the semifinals games. Um, let's see that's why you keep me around on this podcast to pull up who's favored and spread. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Georgia is favored. Uh, 67.3. Uh, the spread is seven and a half. 
and the over-under is 45 and a half. So relatively high-scoring game, um, but I, I still I have Michigan favored no matter what. I just think that they're too good of a program, um, and I think they execute too fundamental of football for Georgia to stop. Because I don't, I don't think they make mistakes for the defensive line and the linebacking core to capitalize on and get those sacks. So we'll see. Um, now on to great, great slate of bowl games put put up though. I will say that I think it's a great slate. Oh yeah, I'll, I think any bowl game this year is I don't not necessarily must watch football. But I think you wouldn't be faulted for putting it on. So that way, you know, you can at least watch it, check score every once in a while. And there's already been some fantastic bowl games this year. I mean, Houston-Auburn, it just went off the air, and that was great football. Yeah. Hey, and I will say this, you know, we, we wanted that LSU and West Virginia kind of matchup this year. But <laughs> I will say this, we technically got a Louisiana and West Virginia um, – uh, okay. Oh, yeah, with uh, Louisiana and Marshall. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so technically, technically, we got our ball game. Yeah, and Louisiana ended up – Unfortunately, Louisiana won that one. <laughs> they didn't beat the brakes off. But, hey, Louisiana had some dirty hits, especially. 36-21, what is that, two touchdowns? Yeah, that's beating the brakes off of them. That's not beating the brakes off of them, whatever. Two possessions. Uh, two two possessions. Okay. Two possessions. Um you can have two good possessions. Louisiana taking some cheap shots on special teams, you know. So I mean it's I, it's whatever. I'm raging pigeons, baby. Let's go. We got no, whatever. <laughs> whatever. 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 I should the break thundering out. turd as usual. I should break out my ULL shirt. Did you, did you hear that? Huh? The uh, the thun the thundering turd yeah. as usual. <laughs> All right. Um, LSU. The final bowl game of this of the year, the final bowl game, not of the year, but of the you you could say first of the year or whatever, but the final bowl game of this 2021-2022 college football season. Oh yeah. Um we play K State uh next Tuesday the fourth. Uh LSU is actually favored in this bowl game. Uh despite are they, having, are they really? Yeah. Their favorite, 54.9 to 45.1. Uh, Interesting. Spread, hmm. the, the spread is three and a half, and the over-under is 48. So here's what I'm looking at for LSU. <sighs> Johnson's gone. He's he's done. Yep. Uh, Miles Brennan is coming back to Louisiana State. He has not played a game since October of 2020 in the UCLA game. What I am – no, not in the UCLA game. Sorry. October of 2020, last year. It's going to be interesting to see if Brennan gets the start or if Neusmeyer burns his year of redshirt eligibility. Um, 
to lead LSU in this game. Brian Kelly is not coaching this game. We are sticking with our defensive coordinator, who is our interior. I am looking for Tyrion Davis-Price to absolutely go off on this game. I think that K-State's defense can be a little bit shaky at times. However, I think that our offensive inconsistencies kill us. And I think that our most inconsistent position is when Max Johnson is not on the field and it's quarterback. I don't think Moose Meyer is a bad choice, but I don't think he burns his redshirt eligibility to play in this game. I think that it either goes to Brennan or our backup quarterback. So I'm still picking LSU to win. I'm picking final score, let's see, 28-24. Here's the thing. LSU is like, it just seems like they were just like falling apart at the seams, just coming apart at the seams. It seemed like for a few weeks there with Max Johnson leaving. So, you know, this person's leaving, that person's leaving. Hey, I'm transferring. I'm getting out of here, you know, um, after, after Brian Kelly shows up. So, you know, I just, Casey. State, they're bringing out transfers. And look, they got Deuce Vaughn on there. They're not afraid to run the ball. Deuce Vaughn's not afraid to run the ball, man. Over 1,200 yards rushing this year. Skyler Thompson, another solid quarterback. Not outstanding, not Heisman contender, but solid. Very dependable. Um, It just – yeah, defense – I mean, they, they – when you think Big 12 – a, a Big 12 school, Kansas State, is that Big 12 school, you know, Midwest. Uh, it kind of, you know, just right there, smack dab in the middle of the United States. Um, and just – they're not great defense, but not really high power. Not, I mean, I guess high-powered offense, but not air raid. It's more rushing than it is air raid. Yeah, um, it's more more run it and hit you in the mouth kind of explosive run game. Um, look, I, LSU's got so many people out, whether it be transfers, um, unsteady, Coach O. They should have let Coach O coach for the bowl game. Um, well, that but, was so. That was Ed Orgeron's decision on that last one. Oh, okay. He wasn't the athletic director or the staff. He got you. Said he was like, "Hey, I've coached my last game here. Um, I'm, I'm not." I'm gonna go K State. That's fine. I'm gonna go 34-21. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. LSU will prove you wrong. I hope so. Hey, I hope so. I hope so. Um, you know, West Virginia lost to Kansas State this this year. I I hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope LSU comes out and and and, and wins. We won't know until you know February if you're right. But you know, since we got February, yeah, since we got the last bowl game of the freaking season. Yeah, I won't know till next year whether I got it right or not. You know, so. Oh, <laughs> 
But no, well, am I wrong? You're not wrong, but it. I honestly don't understand why we got the last bowl game of the season, but I'm glad that we get a lot of visibility in this matchup. So, and the fact that you're playing a big, like you're playing a Big Twelve team, and it's not West Virginia, makes me really upset. You know, like oh yeah, it. The stars were aligned. We got the Texas Bowl. We're playing a Big Twelve opponent. And then we trip and stumble at the finish line, and it's not West Virginia. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, speaking of West Virginia, go for it. Tonight. It's tonight, actually. Tuesday, the December 28th, West Virginia plays Minnesota at 10.15 p.m. Eastern time. 10.15. This is freaking Pac-12 after dark. You know, kind of the okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> not Pac-12. Except it's not Pac-12. It's Big 12 and Big 10. Uh, West Virginia plays uh, Minnesota, 10-15 p.m. on ESPN. And the, excuse me, in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, um, which used to be the Cactus Bowl. We've played in it before, uh, three times actually. Uh, it used to be the Motel 6 Cactus Bowl. Um, Pat White, all-time West Virginia great, played and won in this bowl game. And 2016, we played and won this bowl game, beat Arizona State. Um, it's out in the, I want to say the Padres stadium. Padres stadium. Do what? It is in Padres stadium. I think so. It's, uh, it's in a baseball stadium, uh, which I think is a kind of a neat, uh, neat little thing. Um, for the, uh, I guess neat little atmosphere if you want to, you know, uh, say that for this for this bowl game. Um, Lady Brown, like I said earlier, sitting out, but we have several transfers coming in to play. Um, we have a Cincinnati transfer. Don't know if he's playing tonight. Uh, Lynn J. Dixon, who was a record-breaking running back at Clemson, um, is at West Virginia, and he will be playing tonight. He is suiting up tonight for West Virginia. Um, excited to see how he does. Tony Mathis and Justice Johnson, um, who's uh, running back uh, two and three, uh, they'll be running tonight. I'm, I was glad, I was excited to see what I saw of uh, Tony Mathis um, against Kansas. Um, it has been a literal, it was a month yesterday since we've played football. Um, so um, I'm excited, I'm nervous. Um, Kurt Soroka. Uh, who was the West Virginia analyst this year, is now the offensive coordinator at Minnesota. However, he will not – he is not in Phoenix coaching the bowl. Um, so, quick correction on our part. It is Diamondback Stadium. It's not Padre Stadium. Diamondback, not pa- Diamondbacks. That's what I – we don't watch baseball. We don't <laughs> um, want – yeah, no. But I will say I think that West Virginia is going to have their hands full here. I mean, I think that the wheels are going to fall off of the Daggy train. Um, I think that Luddy Brown carried that team as far as he could, um, realized that, and that's why he's sitting out of this game. So – 
I think that if you take Letty Brown out of the equation, I don't think that West Virginia is going to have a varied enough offense or a good enough quarterback in Jared Dagey to say, hey, you know, we're good. We can we can pass the ball. We can throw the ball without Letty Brown on the field. It's going to be fine. I think that Dagey is going to fall apart. Um, I'm going Minnesota wins uh, 38-21. Um, I'm gonna go with. I, I, I'm. I'm gonna say West Virginia wins. Um, does Daggy show up or not? That's that's the question. I mean, that's you know we we can our. We, I just yeah, and here's the thing with Minnesota. If you think about it, Minnesota has not played a great Big Ten schedule. Um, they played a pretty a, a fairly weak. Been we've talked about this the Big Ten schedule, the West Virginia's Big Twelve schedule. I mean. Let's see here. Um, yeah, looking at the Minnesota schedule, they uh, they lost to Ohio State. They lost to um, – And they lost to Illinois. They lost to Illinois, and they lost to Iowa. Um, so not – those aren't really – besides Iowa, those aren't really great losses, you know. Um, oh, excuse me. They also lost – They played they, – they played they Maryland. Bowling and Green. They lost to the Bowling Green yep. Falcons. Yep. Um, they beat Purdue by a touchdown. They beat Nebraska by less than a touchdown. Actually, right around a touchdown. Um, they beat uh, Maryland, who turned out to not be that great. Uh, beat Northwestern, and Northwestern's just Northwestern. Uh, they beat Indiana, and they beat a good Wisconsin team, but that was only by a little bit. So, like, well, here's the thing is, yeah, they're, on, they're good, but look at, the look at who side, they lost to and look at who they beat. On the flip side of that coin, Maryland, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Baylor, Oak State, Kansas State. Yeah, I know. But, but we lost to Oklahoma by three. Blown out of Baylor, got blown up by Oklahoma State. Um, we beat Iowa State, a good Iowa State team. Um, yeah, we did lose to Kansas State. Uh, who else? I'm trying to think. Let me look back. Um, but we beat Virginia Tech. Uh, uh, 27-21. And we lost to a bad Texas Tech team. Um, and, hey, here's the thing, too. They scored two touchdowns at the end of the third quarter. And the beginning, they touched, scored a touchdown at the end of the third and at the beginning of the fourth. Um, and but it was 27 7 the whole game, pretty much. Uh, walking, no, I'm sorry, it's 27 7 walking into the fourth. So, in fourth quarter, they had scored uh, two touchdowns and 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 you know, lost up Maryland. That was a bad loss, only lost by a touchdown. You know, like we're we're a few scores away from being a 10 2 team, you know. So yeah, um, you were talking about um, stats for Spencer Sanders on Oklahoma State. Daggy stats, uh, 19 touchdowns for 11 interceptions. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's 254 for 386 with 2,908 yards passing. Um. Here's what I will say about 
Minnesota, that O-line, they had two or three guys that were all Big Ten, and then the rest of them were all Big Ten honorable mentions for O-line. Um, would you like to, would you like to hear <laughs> would you like to hear how big the O line is? Oh yeah, no, I mean they're a bunch of corn fed Midwestern boys. Number seventy three, Tyrell Lawrence, six seven, three hundred forty five pounds. That's a freshman. Jesus. Number seventy seven, uh, Blay, Blaze uh, Andres. 6'6", 335 pounds, redshirt junior. Number 63, Austin Bear, uh, 6'4", 310 pounds, redshirt sophomore. Number 66, Nathan Both, 6'5", 300 pounds, redshirt freshman. Number 75, Tyler Cooper, 6'5", 300 pounds, redshirt freshman. Uh, Nathan Bowe is a redshirt sophomore, sorry. Uh, number 51, Curtis Dunlap, junior, 6'5", 345 pounds, redshirt sophomore. Number 78, Daniel Filele, 6'9", 400 pounds. Jesus Christ. That is a big dude. Big oh, yeah. dude. Junior. Number 50, J.J. Gooday, 6'7", 310 pounds, redshirt freshman. Number 64, Connor Olson, 6'5", 310, redshirt senior. Number 6, Axel uh, Rushmeyer, 6'4", 305 pounds redshirt junior so they got some big boys up front oh yeah well i mean massive some massive men like that six nine four hundred pound to like fillet fall i think is how you pronounce it it's f-a-a-l-e-l-e it, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see because West Virginia isn't necessarily known for their size on their defensive line. They're known more so for their speed and their pass rush. So it's gonna be yeah, which is fine. Which I mean, and, and here's the thing too is is um, rush defense we're we're pretty good at and and pat and rush pass defense uh, here on the flip side on the flip side of this we talked about how big that O line is. Let's talk about how. Um, Defense, West Virginia defense. We've been very thin in the secondary. We've now had a month exactly, a little over a month, to finally rest up and heal on some secondary. So we're kind of – we've kind of reloaded on the secondary. Uh, we're not – we're still thin at that position, but not as much anymore since our, some of our starters are back. Um, defensive line, we have Dante Stills, Akeem Mesidor, and then um, Justin Jefferson on there as well. Some – Great guys. Dante Steeles, who's a senior, might be coming back next year uh, to play for West Virginia for the 2022 season. Uh, I mean, great, great – great pass rush. Uh, just a, a, a great defensive line overall, and our defense is solid. We didn't fall off as much as we thought we would uh, this year. We're solid. Um Passing, I feel okay with, and rushing, I feel okay with. Like here's, like I, I think that we will be able, we will be okay on defense, offensively. Can Jarrett Daigie play like he played against Iowa State? You know, can he play like he did against uh, Kansas? He he did all right at Kansas. Um, I just need him to to be good. I don't want a repeat of last year's Liberty Bowl against Army, um, and. Uh, 
and have him pulled out in the second half and have the backup come out. You know, I don't want to get down in a hole. You know, I don't want him. I don't want us to get down in a hole and then have to um, have to come back from the game. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I think I think West Virginia wins this one. Um, I'm going to say either 28-21 or 34-28, 35-28. Within a score. Within a score. I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I think Minnesota's winning. I think they're winning by two scores. I'm saying 38-21 for sure. Gosh, that's three scores, Cole. Right out, yeah. Whatever. Okay. Wow. Thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. Hey, you get what you get when you put a cross you to lose. Um, I hear you. I hear But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting bowl season for sure. Um, I know we'll catch you guys next week uh, with the recap of all the other games with the exception of the LSU game and the national championship. Uh-huh. Um, but we uh, we'll see on those. I think it's the rest of the, if the rest of the bowl schedule turns out the way that the previous like fifteen games have played, it's mm-hmm. an awesome bowl season for sure. So yep, yep. Um, and before we hit out our second to last episode here, Cole, um, just wrapping up this college football season. What has been your favorite thing about this college football season? Oh, and I gotta say, honestly, it's been the unpredictability, like. With the exception of the final four, I would say no one could be prepared for just the amount of change that has happened this year with, you know, long-time head coaches going to new schools almost on a whim, like with Billy Napier, um, Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly, any of those guys going, and I know you don't necessarily like it, but I mean, it's, it's a part of the game. Um, so many big moves happened this off season. I will say I don't necessarily like the transfer portal right now, but that kind of brings a whole lot of variability for next year uh, to see how so many new faces are going to perform in new programs. Uh, what about you? I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, going to stick with you and I'm going to say the unpredictability um no like I, I don't like how college football is operating with the wild west but I do I do enjoy the unpredictability that it brings um I'm glad it, none of this happened to my team this year and that we kind of just stayed under the radar you know um <laughs> but well, I, I do enjoy LSU hires Brian Kelly, fires Ed Orgeron, loses Max. Yeah, Brown yeah. No, you you've been right there in the mix of it in unpredictability. <laughs> um, I'm glad I've just kind of like slid under the radar a little bit. You know, I'm glad West Virginia slid under the radar, but uh, I know I am, I am glad that uh, I, I enjoy the predict the unpredictability of college football season. Uh, things need to be cleaned up. Obviously, like uh, college football can still be unpredictable. But there needs to be some reins. To, there needs to be yeah. some limits to the unpredictability. Like I'm all, I'm fine that like we the, the coaching carousel was just just went nuts this year. But there's need. But you can't just have coaches just leave during the middle of the season or being fired during the middle of the season. You know, like yeah, there, there needs, needs to be, be some kind of grace window or something like that. 
Exactly, exactly. There needs to let it all happen during the off season because that's that's when it does the least amount of damage. You have time to repair a lot of the things that are, you know, I, I think the off season. Um, uh, the transfer portal, like I said, I'm not loving the tra- – like you said, I'm not loving the transfer portal either this year. Um, uh, Neil Brown talked about this. He says we have dis- – um, coaches have kind of gotten together and have discussed that, hey, there needs to be a, a time of, hey, you can transfer whenever you want to, but during this window you can transfer and not suffer any consequences and say – and you can transfer and um, during this window and don't have to sit out a year. If you transfer yeah. outside the window, you have to sit out a year. Yeah, that's and um, the, the issue with this unpredictability in the wild in the wild west kind of feel for the college football season is all of a sudden you've given so much to the players that there might be a ton of lawsuits that happen, you know, because of this. And then this may never be able to go back to not normal but stability to having stability. Um, I think the I think. I think to make the off season more exciting is ha- have those windows of opportunity. If Lincoln Riley wants to go coach at USC, go coach at USC, but do it after the season's over with. If Spencer Rattler wants to go transfer to USC, oh wait, not that USC, South Carolina USC. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, South Carolina USC. You need to have that open period from like, say, just say like from March to June, you know, like just have that window open, um, move early sign day from December to February, you know, for the reason that these, that these kids are, I understand coaches love the early signing day because then, um, then they can snag their recruits a lot. They get it on paper a lot quicker, but for, I also feel for recruits in the fact that, I was planning on going like some Oklahoma recruits in May that were wanting to, they were going to sign on December or sign in December. And then Lincoln Riley is like, Hey, by the way, I'm going to USC. And it's like, Oh, I didn't sign to Oklahoma and I really want to go play for Lincoln Riley, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it, there got to be things clean up, but I enjoy the, un, I've enjoyed the unpredictability in the college football season. Uh, I enjoyed the Averett Ferrum game. You know, Ferrum's been, gosh, it's, it feels like it's been forever since we've covered Ferrum football here on the yeah. on the Panther Pod. But, but I mean that that Ferrum Averett game was a lot of fun to be at. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not like you. I, I really enjoy the unpredictability on it on the college football season. So, but yeah. But uh, with that, we got one more down, Cole. You know, sixteen down, one more to go. Yeah. Yeah, 160 yards here on the Panther Pod. Woo, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Well, what was that? I'm Owens Ponick. My name's Cole Connor. And this has been episode 16, Zoom edition. Teen Zoom edition. We can call this COVID edition, honestly. COVID Uh, edition, yeah. uh, Episode 16 of the Panther Pod. (laughs) Woo!